welcome back to another edition of the lock-in we made it to episode five we're almost there for like a full chip race season now dara are you uh are you optimistic for the chances of this show maybe having a long run no i'm still very pessimistic <laughs> uh the numbers the numbers have been okay so far and uh on, they haven't dropped below what i would consider not worth doing anymore but i think this is the this is the episode that's going to test it. So <laughs> that's it. Well, on that note, we welcome <laughs> we welcome back to I guess the Chip Race branded shows our very good pal, poker player and author, award winning author Gareth Chandler. Gareth, uh, welcome. Top of the afternoon, top of the afternoon to you boys. <laughs> I it's miss good. you both desperately. Well, I'm delighted. Big... Go on, Derek. Go on. I'm delighted to see you're you're actually not uh, topless. Uh, I remember Carlos telling me once that uh, when you found out that topless was not was banned on Twitch, you almost tried to get him banned from Twitch by wandering around in the background of his Twitch stream. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos has all these stories about me that like uh, I don't remember at all, you know? Because <laughs> I was in the I was in the Dominican uh, for the second year. I forget. Oh, he came the first time. Yeah, the first time I went to the Dominican. And I was like, oh, Carlos, if you want, you can come come down. And then he was like there the next day with his backpack. <laughs> of course he was. <laughs> oh, he came twice. He came twice. Yeah. That's what he came the second time uh, for longer. I think it was just me and him. So first time we had a few boys, but the second time he came. And, uh, you know, Carlos, like, never spends any money on anything, right? So, uh, I don't know what he ate. It seemed like he never ate anything, uh, basically. And he would walk on the beach with his full American regalia. And I was like, you know, you can go in the water. He's like, no, no. But uh, then one day he actually had to go to the ATM, like, uh, to uh, just take out money. There's nowhere to get money. And you can only go by, like, motorbike. And Carlos has no Spanish. So, like, we couldn't both fit on the back of a motorbike with the taxi man driving, if that makes sense. So we had to take separate motorbikes. So this motor bicyclist who's supposed to take him to ATM is like five minutes. Kidnapped him. Basically, <laughs> he just disappeared. I remember him telling this story, yeah. For like three hours. And uh, I know the, the, the motorcycle guys, you know, and I speak Spanish, so... Like when the guy brought him back from this joyride, wanted to charge him whatever it was, like some 50 bucks or something crazy. Um, like the guy I was closest to was there kind of milling about with the other motorcycle taxi drivers. And I was like, man, like why, like, why did you kidnap my friend? This is so obviously like they're trying to steal, steal money. Am keep I, it light, Gareth. Keep it light. It's an entertainment show. <laughs> oh, my guy was just like... No, it was, just, it was just like uh, I was friends with this guy, so he wanted to be like uh, his loyalties were divided. He was like, ah, this is what we do. Like we take fat Americans for sorry, Carlos, we take Americans <laughs> for, joyrides, for joyrides, and then we, yeah. So I don't know. Sometimes, yeah, stories like that I remember from Carlos coming. Yeah, come down next day. Ding dong. <laughs> that place to stay. <laughs> 
Well, I want to say an additional thank you, Gareth, for uh, creating a real sense of uh, claustrophobia in our lock-in here. Most of our other guests have like decided to be in a nice open space room. You, you seem to be, well, first of all, you seem to be surrounded. There's people passing you by like now. Are you in a corridor of a hostel? Is that what you decided to do here? This is incredibly Kafkaesque, I think. <laughs> Oh my god, I've been so the angles that they could have jumped <laughs> up angle is freaking well, even up I was so stressed about uh having a place like that would be quiet because where I'm renting a room, the homeowner is like a wooden house and the homeowner <laughs> plays Metallica at like twenty decibel volume all the time. So I was like, oh, I can't. Like I, and I know his work schedule, right? So he comes home and he, he listens to Metallica or he watches like true crime uh, TV shows. It's the same show every time. It's like, did you know the world is a dangerous place? Outside your couch, there are murderers. <laughs> like, <laughs> American trash TV on loop <laughs> like, all the time. And I got nowhere to live. Like, I got nowhere to go. So I'm in you my room. Not call into a like a, a live web show, and uh, and you know that'll work really well for them. They'll be really. <laughs> have you called in Metallica and the? Weird... Oh my god! No, so I yeah. So this is the quietest place, like because this place closes, so it's going to empty best. out. Okay. This well, we best, really appreciate yeah. you finding <laughs> the best corner. I knew I'd get the rough down. Like I just knew it. I actually was in. I was in what uh, you Irish would call the snug, I think, in this place. Uh, and there was just another two guys who uh, I think they just hit puberty. So they're talking at like, eight, I don't know. I was just like listening to them talk so loud. And I was like, I got to move because David is going to crucify me if I'm in this. Yeah, I think this is the best place. I don't know. It seems. I could go back further. We could have like moving. Yeah, we appreciate your efforts. I wanted to ask, actually, um, I read this really troubling report, I think about maybe two weeks into lockdown, that suggested that the supply chain on a lot of goods was kind of okay, but coffee was vulnerable, uh, at which point oh, yeah. I obviously bought myself like five, five kg bags of really nice coffee. And I thought, <laughs> well, if we're fucking locked in for a year, I'm drinking the good espressos and not the Maxwell House. Right. And uh, and I was thinking of you then. I was thinking, well, you're sort of a coffee snob like me. Dara loves his coffee as well. You know, how are we coping? Obviously, no coffee shops open, uh, no uh, no fancy lattes to be drunk. So this, so in Norway, the coffee shops are open uh, since last week. And or they had two stages. They had like the first stage where you could just go in one at a time, <laughs> like uh be like, can I have a coffee? And then you would leave. Actually, it's quite good. Like they have most places they have a door you go in and door you go out. Of course, there's some Karens like who come in and like, what? I can't sit. And all the table, all the chairs are on the tables and like everything's roped off. So you like obviously can't sit, you know? So how, what? I can't sit here? <laughs> I'm like, I guess Karens are everywhere. That reminds me of a uh, dog story or Doke line, I guess. Um, I won't mention the country, but he just said there are hicks everywhere, I think. Yeah, yeah. so there are Karens everywhere too. The Karens <laughs> here want their coffee and to sit down and to spread the... I, I actually want to ask you, David, about that because you live in Malta. There's quite an old population. Sure. And the old people here, 
I don't want to cast dispersion, but they don't give a fuck about who lives or dies. They don't, <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> like they're sneaking up on me at 7-Eleven, <laughs> breathing on my neck to look at the pastries in the whatever. It's like the pastry's going to be there in the line, you know? And like, I wonder if you, and then sometimes I'm walking, like I walk an hour down the fjord every day and an hour up because uh, there's fuck all else to do here. But um, sometimes, so sometimes I'm walking up the hill and there's an old person coming down the middle, the exact equidistant, <laughs> like, I, I thought this would be a basic point of strategy. You're like right or left, like it's just a negative free roll. Like why, why are we doing it like this? I don't know. Yeah, so the old people here, also they like uh, don't understand this concept of a line where it's your position in the line that matters, not your proximity to the next person, right? They haven't like understood that idea yet. I guess yeah. they're never going to, I don't know. Like, so they can make the line shorter by moving closer to you basically. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, the old people here are, to, to be fair, do seem to be uh, very, uh, taking it as, as maybe even more seriously than everybody oh, else. Great. But that's but great. I have read uh, Frankie Boyle saying that it, it's, it appears to be very different in the UK. Uh, I'm paraphrasing him now, but he basically said like a lot of these mad bastards lived through the, through the through World War II and they were like, well, I was up on my roof putting my Christmas lights on when the, when the Germans were bombing us. <laughs> I'm not going to worry about a little pandemic. Oh my God. It's really like that here sometimes. But I think one of the factors is Norwegian old people don't think they're old. I think that's happening. So uh, meanwhile, me, like I'm 34, but I'm worried I'm going to get old. So I'm like, so kind of, I don't know, super cautious, but they're at the point where they're like, Oh well, I'm a fit 75. It's like, yeah, you are. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you're a mountaineering 75. That doesn't mean you need to be up breathing on me. Like, I don't know, breathing moistly as we would Sorry, say. Sorry, as if this interview couldn't be more portentous. I'm now, I'm now in the middle of a thunderstorm. I'm looking out my window and there's lightning lighting up the entire sky and these like banging sounds of thunder i don't know if they're being picked up by the mic no i can't hear a thing no we okay. can't hear a thing okay that might be that might be add another little bit of texture to what is already a very textured interview <laughs> dara how are you coping with the coffee situation you get uh i mean it's the same as everything else for me it's like pandemic what pandemic because uh i'm married to the world's most uh efficient person for all that stuff so there's been literally no change i mean stuff still appears all the stuff still appears in our house uh, it still appears magically on my desk grinding um yeah it's uh <laughs> i don't know what she's doing maybe she's killing people to keep the supply chain going but uh but there's been absolutely zero disruption here i tell you what i'd like to be married to marae during a pandemic where uh chances of survival are like uh, dictated by how ruthless you could be in the grocery store <laughs> that's what i'm <laughs> It's like set or loose in the Tesco. Like, I go to work. Yeah. Get the fuck out my way. That's an amazing impression. Well, the afternoon earlier. <laughs> um, on a recent episode of our show, we interviewed Jen Mason and we pointed out that actually all three of us had at one time or another been your um 
I want to say landlord, but that would have implied you paid any of us. <laughs> except maybe an occasional Turkish delight or, uh, or, or fancy bag of coffee. I wanted to ask you, actually, obviously we're part of the Gareth World Circus. Uh, that you've done. Uh, <laughs> do you consider yourself a globetrotter or a homeless person? <laughs> it's like all... Uh, yeah, so I come and I crash for the benefit of the viewers, all five of them. Um, I've come and crash with David. Three now, mate. Probably three now. Yeah, the Jen Shahadi, like, Gareth Chetler fan base, like, not really... <laughs> yeah. People who love Jen really hate her. That was a bad one. <laughs> yeah. That's like when they put Conan on the prime slot. Yeah. Um, uh, what was, sorry, what was the question? Oh, right. On my, yeah, so last year when I came and stayed with you and Sharon and Hunter, um, I don't think I brought Turkish delights. You know, I would have brought them the time before that, maybe. Hmm. Like some kind of... maybe, as I recall, or... Um... Right, so... Uh, no direct payment, anyway. No, no bank transfer. Uh, that's the, yeah, the point I'm making is, like, I wasn't playing any poker the, a year ago when I visited you guys, so I was, I was homeless. I was in the homeless category. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been, been in the homeless. homeless. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it was like that. I think I had to stay a couple extra days or something, or, like, I didn't have a spot, and... Uh, yeah, I was basically saying to Dara and David, like, um, I'm going to sleep on the beach, so can I stay, like, two more days? <laughs> like, David's like, oh, I think at that I'll point stay. I was happy enough you to be on the beach. I, I had no, <laughs> no more love. Um, you two... it's, all, it's all bankroll dependence, what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that actually, it may have started uh, in the romantic description than the past <laughs> two years or so since I became a journalist. It's been it's been the homeless uh, yeah, homeless circle. Well not only have you guys lived together in Dara's house for a, a while, but you also roomed together on a few trips, I remember. One particularly stands out and one particular story stands out. Um maybe Dara, do you want to tell us about the time that you and Gareth took a shortcut back to your uh, apartment in Prague? Want to say yeah, something? we were. Yeah, if you remember, uh, Gareth, we were staying a bit away from the Hilton where the, the where the EPT was yeah. going on, and the and, and the most direct route involved literally walking along the side of the motorway that reached the middle. <laughs> oh, I remember the story now. Well, we <laughs> that that trip was perfect actually because we were the first half grinding at some miserable place. No. Yeah, there was a WPT before, which was in this horrible yeah. place uh, yeah. in the bad part of Prague, and uh, <laughs> that, 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 that kind of prepared us for like, oh, this isn't going to be great, and then the second part of the trip was much better. But uh, but yeah, you found it was actually you who found us a really nice apartment, uh, which uh, we then had to walk. Unfortunately, had to walk along the motorway to get to. The, but it was only a twenty minute walk or whatever. But I remember towards the end of the trip, we were walking back to meet i think feraldo and elena elena's over the groupie you're gonna have a beer yeah yeah so we so we used to basically get up onto the motorway walk along with the cars hurtling by us going like is that really two people walking by the side of the motorway and then we would come down these steps which were by a mcdonald's near where (laughs) the uh (laughs) so so you had all these like all this 
rubbish pile pile on the steps as well. And we're, I think there were homeless people living on the steps as well. From but like, can I interject for one just a moment in yeah. not to stop the momentum of your story? It's like we didn't don't care, right? Like <laughs> once Stoke once Stoke asked me like, oh, we're gonna go to Edinburgh for like what would we go for a week or five days? Yeah. So he's like, uh, and I was staying with him at, and Maria at the time. He's like, yeah, let's go to Edinburgh, play some poker for five days. I was like, all right. And he's like, uh, yeah, I think we can walk from the airport. And I was like, all right. Like, I wouldn't even, <laughs> like, I think it was, the it was a lovely nine, people, like, <laughs> it was a lovely 90 minute walk along the motorway into, into Edinburgh. But like, I'm always shocked by poker players who are like, Jen Mason is the worst, by the way, speaking of Jen. Jen takes a cab in Brighton from, from Brighton to Hove, which they're adjacent. Like when the, the one block is Brighton and the next is Hove. So it's like, oh, it's Brighton to Hove. It's like five minute walk and Jen Mason will get in a cab. So yeah, um, Doak and I are the opposites of that. The tolerance is very high. I don't think he even asked if like, do you want to make this 90 minute walk in Edinburgh airport? Where it's not clear that there's even uh, what we call sidewalks in Canada. I don't know what you guys call them. But yeah. 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 Anyways, yeah. So, so, well, we got we got some local color. Yeah. So we're walking. <laughs> we're we're walking back to the hotel for this, and as we approach the steps where I think we're going to go down, uh, we see something. Maybe you'd like to describe it. Like, uh, so I'm kind of naive about some things, but I learned the term for this, like, recently. It's, <laughs> it's dogging, I think. Which poker player? No, no. Some of the aforementioned, uh, yeah, uh, denizens of that stairwell. <laughs> yeah. I, we got a bare ass, like a man's bare ass, like, uh, mm. in various uh, states of thrust. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I remember. I, I remember looking. At, I remember yeah. looking at the scene, and once I'd worked out what it was, I sort of like looked away and said, "Guard, we're going to have to keep going. We're not going. To, we're not going down <laughs> yeah, those steps." The and, but you were completely shameless. You were like, oh, "Why? What?" And then you looked, and I remember you're, you, you lingered. You, you definitely <laughs> stared, and you were able to give me details afterwards. You said, "Yeah, the guy looked a bit, a bit embarrassed, but the girl was like, she was just making eye contact. She had no, she had no embarrassment whatsoever. She was like, yeah, what are you looking at?'" <laughs> It's like it is one of those things where, like, I'm always surprised. Like my my brain like can't, you know, your eyes. Uh, I don't know. Your brain like uh, expects what you're gonna see, so your eyes paint a picture. So I was like looking at it for a really long time. Like, was just like, yeah, like, yeah, why would we why would we walk along the motorway if we can do this? Yeah, there's. I mean, yeah. I think. I think. Uh, that's how it should be on poker trips. Like, cause you get a good walk in before and after the session, you know, in Prague, it's not too cold. And sometimes, yeah, you, I mean, there's another time we were walking back and we, <laughs> Dar was like, we walked by a couple guys. Oh yeah. In a couple, in like a kind of place where, I don't know, it's just like, after we walked by, Dar was like, yeah, if we, if one of us was alone in that spot we're getting mugged and it's like for sure <laughs> just... yeah yeah i do remember distinctly there was there was like that guy the way he's looking at us that's uh Tell so, so we ended up actually slightly changing our path we we basically ran across the big road <laughs> that's right that's right where there's no light yeah yeah we were like he probably texted somebody up on ahead <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's now waiting for us but we'll cross the road and then it'll be fine <laughs> 
It's funny how like uh, head in the clouds bumbling uh, Doke and I are, but in that moment we both are like, oh, we're about to get mad. <laughs> we definitely. Well, you see your poker players, you're probably carrying thousands just randomly in your pockets. Like Joe's uh, probably got his little yeah. green turtle bag with fucking. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, proud, proud was good about that. They only actually wasn't good at the. At the WPT, I remember they gave me a lot of cash. But the at the Hilton, they said, uh, "Oh, it's all to your Poker Stars account. Can't give you any cash." So, yeah, turtle bag, classic. I hope you're keeping c- taking care of that. Oh I'm yeah, yeah, definitely. See it at some point. Yeah, that's I think I can uh, see it over your right shoulder, Derek. Can I? I was gonna say. Or no, it's a shirt, is it? <laughs> Sorry, oh, sorry, I should at this point bring on, it. Bring Dara it is colorblind, so I've just made reference. Oh, right, right. And that's a bit unfair. I about that, yeah. Yeah, there we go. There uh, we go. It wasn't famous. that. It was a shirt, I think, in the far corner. There we go. Now, like, famous bag. In Doug's, yeah, in Doug's writing, it's his, like, uh, Las Vegas uh, sartorial, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, strategy, that is, like, distinctive. But I think the turtle bag is actual, actually the trademark. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Garrett, when you were last on the show, I think it was about a year ago, you were actually staying with me here and we called into Dara to do the interview. You spilled the beans, I guess, on some of your time at Full Tilt back in the day. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, it's fair to say you didn't cast every aspect of that time or everybody you came across in the most favorable light. Since your Full Steve, Tilt days... Yeah, Steve. Poor Steve. <laughs> Poor Steve, exactly. It came out very badly. If you want to know what that means. <laughs> Um, since those days, I guess they've gone through the Amaya era. They've gone through the scandals around, I guess, the Amaya takeover kind of stuff. They right. also rebranded to the Stars Group for whatever that meant. And now, just in the last few months, they've obviously merged with Flutter to create pretty much the biggest gaming company that we're ever likely to see in the, the near future. Um, what do you make of, I guess... One, the, the strategy that's led them to that place, which I guess has meant diversifying into gambling and all this other kind of mm. stuff. And then secondly, how fearful would you be of these super giant companies sort of getting these, okay, it's not a monopoly share, but pretty right. fucking huge share of the market now. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, we could see it in other like tech marketplaces where basically they think that they're going to uh, justify all their bad practices by like, well, we succeeded as market leader, therefore it was a good idea, Mm. right? So you see that with Facebook all the time. They're doing just horrendous things. Like on on stars right now, I I don't want to brag, but like uh, sometimes I get a chest and like the chest... (laughs) (laughs) Sick sick (laughs) brag, he gets a chest. Wow, he's a real pro. <laughs> Sometimes I get to. Jerry, Jerry, the the different curtains. Uh, it's like they're not they're not worth me opening, right? They're not worth me opening. But uh, what happens is it pops up on my screen, and it's uh, what's that like focus? If focus takes, yeah, it takes I have the focus. Like yeah, twelve tables behind where important <laughs> shit is going on. <laughs> It's like, if you won this fucking chest, I'm on my MacBook trying to figure out how to get the fucking thing off. Like, literally money is leaving my account. Oh, you won this chest. And then at the end of the session, I open it. It's 20 cents. 
What I find the most interesting thing is they often pop up at the last game. So you you bust your last one. I actually don't play in stars that much anymore. So I usually have one or two of their games on screen. And then the last one goes, and it's probably been like a hundred quid game that you were semi-deep in and it was kind of a bit important or semi-invested in. And you've kind of maybe lost a a thousand quid in equity or something. (laughs) Last flip. And then it pops up right at the end and it goes... Open me and you open it. It's I like stars coins. Free, free, free roll or extra. It's not a free roll. It's something. Free roll tickets are the worst. Like, like, why do why do I have to open a chest to win a free roll ticket that has has a has about fourteen cents of equity? That's either. right, because they used to give just put the ticket in yeah. or even auto reg. You now everything's a chest. And now, so I am like one thing in the pandemic. Like I'm playing every day and I'm suffering from fatigue, like not burnout, but fatigue, because I just can't play nine hours a day every day. And uh, like, I just don't even keep track of these free rolls and these fucking tickets. Like, it's like, oh, play tomorrow at two. I just like, I don't know. I just can't even. So for, I don't know, for, I think for the, the pros, it's actually might be good because the pros are always sitting out and the recs can make their appointment. Like, because I just can't keep track and I just don't fucking care. Which, were, which are you in that? Uh, in well, that you'd be surprised given the level of play <laughs> recently. Like, yeah, the, since March 12th, the level of play has been, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, transformative. Um, what was I going to say about the stars thing? So actually inside baseball, since whatever it is, uh, March 1st, let's say, they've 1.5x or 2x their business, right? And there are people inside STARS who work on uh, complaint resolution or whatever, who are asking their superiors, hey, we should hire one more person to, <laughs> to answer, you know, because like a lot of us are worried, oh, the games are going to uh, get worse as people lose, have lost their money, right? But I think we're thinking about like the guys who are into poker who yeah, just already had a balance or whatever, already were in a deposit routine. No, Gareth, don't go. No, we've lost him. We can't lose you, Gareth. (laughs) Frozen. Although he does cut an attractive, uh, although because there'll be no noise coming from his microphone, we can't see what an attractive still of Gareth we have on screen right now. Well, Gareth, look, while he's gone, and let's assume he comes back in a moment, Dara. Yeah. Pushing the question to you as well, we were joking there, we actually interviewed Maria Konnikova right before this interview today, although she will be in a show uh, a little bit down the line, and we were talking about at the end how unbranded it is for us to have a go at stars here, and I suppose like there's a kind of a conflict there because we obviously represent another brand, another big brand, a big parent company as well, and obviously we're throwing a load of rocks here, and uh, maybe that seems a little kind of funny, but there is a kind of a sense in the poker industry where we're all kind of in it together. I guess we talked to Jen Shahadi on the same subject. We often have frank conversations with people like Pads and uh, people from other, um, you know, other aspects and other other companies um, about this stuff. And I suppose there is a kind of a collective sense of responsibility over the the overall um, thrust of the poker market, if you like, which I think kind of maybe gives us a bit more leeway into making these comments. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. I mean, the industry as a whole is is an industry as a whole. And 
when it works well, having a good industry leader is good for the industry overall because it pulls people in and it, it, it benefits everybody. I think, unfortunately, the way it's gone with stars being the sort of still the industry leader, maybe not for too much longer, but still the industry leader, but not really acting uh, as a good actor within the industry has affected everybody and has affected the general perception of online poker. Um, I mean, we have, we definitely have a perception image. You talk to recreational live players about online poker. It's not something that they want to, um, uh, uh, I just have to reconnect Gareth here. Okay. Um, it's not something that they want to necessarily play because they just don't trust the industry as a whole. And a lot of the negative stuff is sort of bad publicity that has, that has arisen out of, uh, stuff the stars and before them full tilt did <clears throat> so um i mean the pandemic has been interesting because all the sites have obviously benefited from it by doing nothing uh and there has been sort of a scramble to uh to deal with that in in, in some ways by like adding new series uh adding new games increasing guarantees and so on but at the same time it's put a strain on customer support um for uh um, for, for for the bigger sites, particularly stars, and if they don't put additional resources at it, that will uh, that will definitely affect things. Okay, Gar's yeah. trying to reconnect. Well, while uh, he's doing that, and maybe you have to click a few buttons. I yeah. suppose to expand slightly on the point you made there, and I guess like I always come to the sort of question of like, well, what could you have done differently? I guess you know, like people did recognise that there was a kind of an ecosystemic issue. Uh, with the way stars did it and obviously they decided they need to make changes and maybe the whole industry had to kind of um recalculate things like rake back or effective rake back and all those kind of things like i, I do get that and i do appreciate that the biggest thing for us i know we always kind of ha took issue with was uh, the communication and the honesty of what they were doing and part and parcel of that dishonesty in my view was how they pitted pro versus rec Essentially, yeah. two people who both love poker, both want to play poker, both probably get something slightly different from poker, but they still enjoy the experience of the same game. And I know it's something you've picked up on several times in, in some excellent blogs, Dara, over the years too, is how kind of broken that picture is now, that we still kind of day-to-day, -day, two pros like ourselves, meeting people in public, talking to people online, we still bear the brunt of that somewhat, that we've had a whole other group of poker players turned against us to some extent. I'm not trying to make us a victim there. We're well able to explain our own side of it, but that is bad acting from the, 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 the sort of industry leader at large, I think. Yeah. That's been the most insidious narrative that they pushed and it was pretty much pushed. It was, it, it was fairly obvious why they were doing it. It was literally the only justification they could, they could make for sort of essentially robbing people of a pile of money, the, the people who had committed to doing supernova for the year yeah. i mean there's no nice way to say this stars just robbed those people they, they they made a promise and then didn't deliver um and to try and make it play better they were like oh well these greedy pros they're taking all the money out of the ecosystem anyway so and they pushed this pro versus uh rec narrative now i don't think they've been completely effective in that i think a large part of the appeal of poker is people want to play with pros you know people go to you see this at the world series people want a big name pro at their table uh you see it at a smaller level when you go to you know local events if there's a well-known pro there people are people are happy it's it's not uh seen as a negative but 
purely within the online world, they have managed to somehow push this idea that the pros are parasites or, or, or whatever you, you want to put it. And you do see it infecting people's minds in some cases. And it has been effective in the sense that they do get recreationals to act against their own interests. For example, you'll, you'll hear recreationals saying, uh, oh yeah, well, you know, it's fine if the rake is big and it's fine if they rake rebuys because why should the pros get a discount on, 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 on that stuff? Not realizing that they're going to end up paying exactly the same amount as well. Um, it tends to be the, the pros who act as the sort of consumer watchdogs for, for an industry because they're the people most affected. But everybody benefits from it. The recreations benefit from it in, in, if, if the pros manage to keep the sites on their, on their toes. So it's, it's, it's bad for the recreations in the long term if, if the pros start just remaining silent on that because of this narrative that like every time a pro opens his, 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 his mouth, it's just greedy self-interest. Mm. Yeah, no, great points. Turning finally to a subject I know you're not relishing, and I know you probably, if given the choice, would tell me to shut up now and don't be even bringing it up. But I do want to bring up the big story of the moment, I guess, or, you know, maybe even question as to how big a story it is. And I'm not, I'm not prejudging here. The news came out this week, the ghosting accusations made by Bill Perkins and, of all people, Dan Bilzerian through, through their Twitter uh, handles and in, they've sort of implicated Daniel Cates you know it was a kind of a clumsy way of outing him uh, but they've implicated jungle man Daniel Cates a former guest of ours on the show as somebody who has ghosted on behalf of another player when playing against I guess you could call them Wales and so far as far as I'm aware Daniel's only public response has been to say this isn't the full story loads of people are ghosting it's kind of, you know, it's rampant in these kind of poker apps, high stakes games. Not that that would be a justification for it at all, but um, it, maybe there's a cultural issue there, which he's pointing to. And I just wanted to get your take on it. Obviously, uh, maybe aside from the circus-like way Perkins sort of, you know, got the whole poker Twittersphere in a tizzy about it. What does this mean? Is obviously another potential or real poker scandal which we do have from time to time um yeah i mean i, I don't really know m much about more about daniel's situation other than what he's tweeted i did jokingly refer to it uh to a friend as a kind of a weird defense it was like first of all i didn't do it but everybody's doing it um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh i think it's one of those things where there's a there's there's a large discrepancy between the way insiders see it and the way outsiders see it i think outside recreational players see it as a pretty horrendous thing and it is one of the big things which always concerns people about live online poker that they might not be playing against the person that they think they're playing against and that plays very very badly with the recreational audience um so i do think on that level it has the potential to be very very damaging um a lot of people have accused Perkins of hyperbole with the uh, with the whole thing, saying that it's bigger than possible. But I think, in some ways, to recreational players, it could be bigger than possible because possible is like a one-off in one particular game, which would be very difficult to replicate uh, in the future. Um, so it's it, it it is a little bit of a sideshow. I don't think necessarily people are afraid of to go into their local casino when they do come back and think, oh, there might be a Mike Postle in there. But this is something which casts doubt over the whole of online poker. Now, it, it is on these unregulated apps where, uh, I, but, you know, 
people don't necessarily make the distinction between the unregulated apps and the regulated sites who go to considerable lengths to make sure that this sort of thing doesn't happen. So anything which is bad for sort of online poker in general uh, is, is, is unfortunately going to make people, give, give people pause about playing. Yeah, and I suppose another aspect to it is that it has sort of brought back up the subject of Daniel's past, I don't want to call it scandal as it pertains to him. It was a big scandal with Jaira and Jose Machido all of 10 years ago now, where he was obviously implicated in a potential ghosting thing way back then. And I guess, you know, if it happened then and it happened now, has it been happening in between? All that's going to come up. You know, is someone like Daniel willing to be a fall guy for this kind of behavior? Is he going to out loads of other people? Uh, Joe Ingram has gone on Twitter and more or less said, there's loads of people at it. We can start listing the high rollers who are at this kind of behavior. And yeah, I, I guess it, it could end up being a, a horrible scandal, admittedly at an end of the game that's not accessible to 99% of us. And I suppose at that level, I, I do think it's not a Mike Possel scandal, even in the, in the imagination, because I think so many people could kind of visualize themselves going to Stone's Casino and playing a 510 game and maybe have been in that situation. Like that's a, a kind of a recreational experience to go and play poker like that. So I think there was a kind of an everyman quality to it. There was also that sleuthy kind of quality to it that like we had all this footage we could comb through and Joey was combing through with us as well. And that kind of gave it an investigative quality, which was exciting. Um, this is not going to be like that. This is going to be like, we're going to find out if millionaires were cheating other millionaires out of money. And maybe it's a little uh, departed from the rest of us, but a scandal nonetheless. And it certainly got everyone excited. Uh, I don't know. I am interested to see how it pans out. But I suppose more than uh, anything else, and, and this is very much heartening what you have said from the start, Dara, you know, this stuff gets overblown and there's too much focus on it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's one of those things where you can't just put it under the carpet and hope nobody notices. It does have to be, I think the industry has to deal with it face on. And first of all, a clear distinction has to be made between these unregulated apps and the, the actual regulated sites. And I mean, there are obviously unregulated sites as well, but, but I think that's a distinction which the industry just maybe doesn't make clear enough. Um, talk about the actual protections that are in place with the regulations um, and that it's not all just the same. Uh, but uh, certainly from a PR point of view, it is bad, um, uh, particularly at a time when more and more people are playing online now. Absolutely. Well, on that note, I have to we're, say... We're what a, what a perfect um, departure for someone like Gareth, who I've often referred to as the littlest hobo of poker. He would sort of be in your life and stay with you for a few days, and then he would just vanish like the dog in that TV series. Well, he's just done that to us. He's just littlest hobo our interview, Dara. He's just vanished in the middle yeah. of a freeze frame in the night. 